Hey, Gary. Yes? Hey, do you want to do a podcast with me where we explore core topics? Oh, fuck yeah. Yes. Hey, and let's call it Queer Nundrum. Oh, my God. Yes. Awesome. Please listen carefully. Hey, welcome to our show, Queer Nundrum. Hey, you beautiful people. Thank you so much for joining us on this conversation. I am your host, Holly Greystone. And I am your other fabulous host, Gary M. Thorne Jr. So, Holly. Yes. Today, you, as you know, but our wonderfully beautiful audience does not know, uh-huh. We are going to be talking about K-pop. And <laughs> why would somebody who is fucking 54 years old want to talk about K-pop? What do you think? Um, well, probably because your wonderful host over here is like, yes. hey, we should talk about the band <laughs> K- K-pop. Before I as I'm saying that, I realize, wait, that's not a band. That's a that's a that's a that's a type. Oh my gosh. I was embarrassed. I am not a music person. I'm a music person in that I love music, but I'm not a music person in that I know like names of bands and songs and genres. And that brought up some conversation that I thought would, you know, we thought would be fantastic to jump into. So I tried to get into this conversation and I look forward to seeing what happens on that. But before we do. Yeah, it was. It was interesting. Um, I really blame your mom more than anybody else because she was the one who, it was, you know, thank you, Aaron, for bringing this into my life. I don't Uh know. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I mean, this is why we listen to, we listen to you. And sometimes it's just an ancillary conversation with your mom on a Sunday morning (laughs) who's listening in on a business conversation who decides to make a comment. And here we are. This is the result of that. But (laughs) before, you know what, before we get into that though, Gary, what's going on in your life? Um, Dealing with the, let's see, I think the correct terminology is hotter than balls heat here. Heat wave. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Colorado is going through, and I know that, you guys are too, but a mother fucking heat wave that we should not be having yet. We get this like in August for like a week and Jesus Christ, we went from, I'm not kidding you three weeks ago, having a fire going at night to stay warm to now deciding, can I sleep without any kind of thing on me? Do I need a sheet or can I just sleep without it? (laughs) It has been, so we're dealing with the fact that it's so hot. And oh, by the way, we're getting fires all around us because. It's fire of, season. And and we're in Denver, uh, Denver, Colorado is in a huge drought. Huge drought. And so you see our river that we have, which is really now more like a mighty stream. And <laughs> Did you just say a mighty stream? Yes, it's a mighty stream, you know, so it's kind of like all of a sudden 
we realize God has a prostate problem. <laughs> he just can't get it all the way out anymore. So it just streams and trickle, it trickles, trickle, trickle. It trickles. So oh, that's where we're at right damn. now. And so we're dealing with, with it being hot. Oh, and I'm sorry. I live in a condo that does not have air conditioning because you don't need it except for about a, a, a week out of the entire year. So we have fans yes. going everywhere. So, but we're hot. We're at an elevation that's seven, eight hundred feet, and we have, we are dealing with fires all around us. So, on top of everything else, it's hard to fucking breathe. Yeah. So we're dealing so with. You have to all wear this. mask. You have to wear mask for a different reason. No, and it's not. And it's not. It, I, Pullman has had much worse, much sure. worse than we've got. We have had it pretty bad where we have to wear mask outside because of the air quality is so bad. Yeah, and so it ha- it has not reached that level yet. And, Literally, you'll get people who go, oh, my God, look at all that smoke. And I'm looking, going, okay, yeah, there is a slight mist. Okay. But I get <laughs> that it it sucks because the breathing issues we're having anyway. Uh-huh. So then, and top all that off. Oh, sorry. I forgot the one more thing. I do have allergies. Like, I think everybody does now because climate change is happening. The cottonwood here. What? Is I know. that real? It's, it's real again because the president now, the president we have says it's real. So we oh, actually get to right. say it's real. And so do the so, scientists. Okay. And yeah. Who actually, you know, go with all the scientific facts. So on top of all this, then the cottonwood is going crazy oh, up here. Oh my right gosh. Now. That's right. So yeah. I am, I am fucking dying. Yes. So that's, <laughs> but so, you know, so feel sorry for me. I accept donations. $20 bills is fine. You know, <laughs> You know Instant what? The only way I'm giving me. you a twenty dollar bill is if you <laughs> a dress and drag, or b you're on a stripper pole for some other good reason. Uh, I'll do the stripper pole, dress and drag. I don't mind as long as you don't care if I wear heels or not, because I'm not I, like I don't, Desiree. I don't, I don't like heels, so I'm not. I don't have a preference. <laughs> I just would love to see you in a performance in general. So could I wear something like maybe something a little low cut that you know, like a low cut with a with a nice boa, and then wear a jock strap with it only listen this would only be acceptable if a legit drag queen signs off and approves hey anymore all are accepting i don't have to you know what are you talking about i just because (laughs) a a professional drag queen knows what's up just did you know that in this area they really are no i granted it is a small area i get it but there are really i think there's like three drag queens in this area that are kind of drag queens. I mean, they're not really. Oh. So we we're trying to do, we we're trying to do um, a fundraiser that uh, we wanted to drag queen bingo here for the theater. Oh, I'm involved so in. fun. And I, I love- there are, they're just, they don't exist anymore. And even that we're here have moved to other bigger well, cities. <laughs> yeah. They pro- I would too. Yeah. Anyway. So, but yeah. So anyway, enough about me. What's going on with you. Well, I just want to make a side comment on your conversation about the weather. So (laughs) (laughs) those of you in the United States are very, very much aware of the situation that happened in Texas not that long ago when winter showed up and blew their fucking houses down and blew out their entire power infrastructure. And now summer showed up immediately and knocked knocked on their door. And the whole, like, I, I think it's like Etiquette is like the, the organization that's responsible for the power structure in Texas was like, 
yeah, we we weren't ready for this this cold weather. Like we've it's Texas, we're not ready. And it's like, so okay, so you're ready for hot weather, right? Right? No, they're not ready. Yeah, right? no. no, they're <laughs> no. not. And legislation in Texas was like, hey, you guys have until 2022 to make some changes. Some emphasis, some, and they were shitty changes. And they're not even required. They were suggestions politely put on piece of paper. And they're like, sure, here they are having a yet again power infrastructure issue. And I was in a conversation with with the with the, one of our, our fans, uh, and they were like, yeah, Texas just wasn't ready. You know, totally defending Texas. They're like, yeah, they just they weren't ready. And it's like, okay, cool. I can understand that. But also it's Texas. They're very independent. They want their own power infrastructure. But honestly, we're in a in a society where we have multiple other forms of power that we could be utilizing wind, solar, water, tapping in, I don't know, into a larger infrastructure so that if one goes down, another one could be as a backup. There are other options that we can have here. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We have time. We'll figure it out. And I was like, will they? And they're like, actually, no, this will need to happen at least once, if not two more times. And shit you not, 30 days later after that conversation, we're hearing yet again conversation about Texas having power infrastructure issues. So maybe- oh, and remember, yeah, I, I, I'm i like, I live right next to them basically. Maybe. And so, yeah, it's it's ridiculous. And like, what's on. even worse is you hear the people who are coming up here now, who we get a lot of Texans visiting where we live. They're fucking complaining about it. I go, you guys are the assholes who voted it in. Vote, it's your vote own for fault. other people who are gonna do your do the shit. I mean, and ask Ted Cruz, is he go, is he gonna go to a colder climate on his holiday vacation? Oh, I'm assuming yeah, I'm assuming what Switzerland this time maybe. Switzerland, you know? maybe I'm yeah. just gonna see him like, well, my daughter really wanted to go to Switzerland, so I'm gonna yeah, just go yeah. to Switzerland. <laughs> so we're going He's to Switzerland. Oh my I can't God. stand him. You're so uh, <laughs> There are so and many other things. we just lost our three. We just lost our three Republican listeners. You know what? <laughs> I don't care, Republican or whatever. Humanist, get your shit together. Fucking yeah. vote out your politicians who are fucking you over. Anyway, yeah. I am just in the middle of my vacation uh, holiday. It's my first major holiday, and uh, you know what? I'm just gonna be. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be adorable. I love my wife. Like, and I know that should be an obvious statement, but I'd lo- like, I love my wife and I felt like I, I am in love with my wife, but I love my wife. She's an amazing human being. Love our, our challenging conversations, our peaceful conversations, our loving and creative conversation, whatever type of conversation. I just enjoy that, that, that bond, that relationship with somebody. And I happen to have it with my wife. Some people have it with their best friend. And I just happen to have my best friend as my wife. And I'm really enjoying this opportunity to connect with the, with them on, on this trip and explore artistic tastes. We're very different. We have different types of art that we uh, enjoy. Uh, I One of my first art mediums that I uh, I got into was watercoloring. I I had watercolored, believe this or not, Gary, <laughs> 10 years before 9-11 happened, I actually painted two uh, sky towers, you know, these tall ass towers on fire, and they look suspiciously like the twin towers. I obviously know that I was in. So high- maybe you caused nine eleven. I maybe I did, maybe I didn't. I don't know. But it, in it, even I've like always some, thought you're a little witchy. I am a little witchy. Some people have said that I'm. I more said witchy, not bitchy. Okay. 
I said sick. witchy. Yeah, I yeah. got you. I make sure um, the listeners heard us. <laughs> but people have has said that I'm uh, um I'm I'm uh, a sensitive. Like I'm kind of have like this connection. I don't know if there's anything to that, but I'm not going to deny it. But anyway, so I painted. So watercolor was my first medium that I really played with, and I my wife is a an artist and has been playing with watercolor. Uh, medium for a while now and has taught me a few things and I'm excited to take this vacation and play a little bit with that and I'll post on our social media some of the pieces that I I, I create who knows it it just might come to flourishion and, and a lot of it's going to be pro LBGTQAI and just being a fucking decent human being so first steps right I'm excited about that I'm excited to get back home and uh, see our puppies and uh, get back to to work on Max see Max of course he's a puppy Max is always a puppy if you listen to this I want to make sure you point out because he's going to be very fragile right now this is true so So, uh, fancy pack fancy pants Max on Instagram you can check him out he is a cool ass dog Fancy Pants Max, and he generally sports a bow tie and or a Met Gala costume made by my wife. So check out his Instagram. He's about to have two brothers thrust on him, and I'm excited to update his social media account with the on- onslaught of what's about to happen there. So it's now once you get back from Hawaii, that's when you get the the other two dogs, right? That's correct. Yeah, so not too long from now. I'm very excited about that. Oh, anyway. we're all excited for you. That's that's what's going on in in my life. Um, I, I do it, have to. Can I interrupt here yeah. and say one thing that? Well, because you made this great declaration to Desiree, I have to make sure to mention that. Yes, <laughs> Dean is also. And I really even though it sounds all lame now, but Dean is my best friend. I, I could talk to him for hours at a time. Love spending time with him. Because I feel like I gotta say this now because Dean Wilson's go, what the fuck? Why didn't you fucking mention <laughs> me, you asshole? So I I love Dean dearly. He is also my best friend, and I feel very lucky every day that I'm with him. Right. And we're almost 20 years together. Fight it. I <laughs> relationship goals. <laughs> we are coming up on wedding 2.0. We're in the middle of uh we already we're planning everything hoping that well COVID won't kibosh it. Um, but yeah, we're going to have wedding 2.0 where we can actually have wedding guests and uh, an actual, you know, more people at that ceremony. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm excited. So we're, we're actually, we're to wear Burton and Ernie costumes. You're not going to fucking wear a Burton Ernie costume. <laughs> no, I love you. Whatever. What you can buy am? it and do what you want with it at that point. But anyway, t- take us into our, our delightful story where K-pop rules and fucks with Trump gloriously. Yeah. So did you know, by the way, that Trump is a huge K-pop listener? No. I'm fucking kidding. <laughs> you would think so by the number of people that, quote, bought out his t- tickets to uh, his fucking stadium. Um, God. Love you, K-pop so, guys. You fucked with them so good. Love it. Um, so again, I never thought of myself as a K-pop fan. Um, I know the music is, unless you're truly putting your head in a hole, you you have to know something of K-pop. You just have to. There's there's something. almost no way not. Even if you think it's the name of a band, which it's not. <laughs> <laughs> so what was funny is. Uh, 
BTS. Is BTS, that their name? yeah. That's uh, they, that's they're in a McDonald's tra- commercial. Tra- tra- Did you know that? They're in the what? They're in a McDonald's commercial. No. Yeah, so I just saw the commercial last night. And like, oh my god, Dean, that's BTS. Oh my god, goes, Did you, who in no, the you fuck didn't. are they? And I go, <laughs> they're a K-pop group. He goes, how do you know that? Goes, how <laughs> fucking podcast I do. Yes. I've now learned about K-pop. Yes. So, side note. Okay, <laughs> I, that's fantastic. Oh, I'd love that so much. Oh my god. So I thought we'd have truly a brief history of K-pop. Absolutely, K-pop. absolutely. So, Please. Okay, I love this. The history of K-pop pop can be traced back to 1885 when an american missionary henry appenzeller taught american and british folk songs to korean kids at schools they were mainly western tunes with korean lyrics okay that's all i I, i'm not going to get much more into that i just found that interesting i mean in my mind picturing something like you know um uh someone's in the kitchen with dinah then with korean you know was Korean words, you know, I just, my mind with, and tunes, that's, you know, I just, I picture them like that. So, but, you know, so now we fast forward today, K-pop is one of the most popular brands in the entire world. Mm -hmm. They are very influential. I see my students that I work with in the dining hall during the pandemic, there were some of them that had K-pop masks on because I'm going, what the hell are you wearing? I had to and, so I go, and they're trying to tell me, Gary, you need to listen to them. And I go, oh, yeah, I will. Thank you sure, for recommending sure, sure. that yeah. certain group. Never did until the last two days when I listened to some of the, their music. I will say I found some of it catchy. But to me, it's kind of like it's just it's the North Korean version of NSYNC. You know, it's or I, it was OK. To me, it was kind of manufactured. but. I mean, there were some of those kind of cute. I'm not going to, you know, give it more than that. <laughs> but but again, I always say that each one of us, our generations, I mean, when I was a kid, I had the Archies. And then after that, David Cassie and Sean Cassie, we each have our very confectionery people that are huge. And wow, the K-pop has gone, like I said, it's global. So it's, yeah, huge. I love it. So um, the one person I am going to talk about who uh, really the only person that's truly on the, on the gay, on the queer male side who has come out is, uh, is Holland. And he, see, this is where I, okay. K-pop really is supposed to be a group of people. You know, it's a group of, you know, people doing all their dance moves, not, and he's not. So that's kind of, I have a weird, weird one with i don't know where he truly falls in the k-pop world because he is a singular and most of k-pop is all about the singing and the dancing and the court the all the choreo choreographed moves and so he's not really and he's much more the stuff you see he does is much more serious than than what i was seeing with some of the other k-pop stuff i was watching right he's much more into he is very much talking about his queer life. There's a video out. And I'm sorry. I couldn't remember any of the names because again, this music wasn't for me. So, but there is a video of him out where he is kissing a male in, in the video. Um, so this all goes into, into that where um, he, he um, was trying for years to get his music out 
well, years, 2018. So, you know, whatever. But I go, yeah, they're I mean, all so young. That to him, that's a huge amount of time. I get it. Yes. And he wouldn't, um, he couldn't, no major record labels would take it because he was out and proud. He finally put his first stuff out on his own and he's become hugely popular. Mm-hmm. And actually, if you look in 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 North Korea, uh, South Korea, and also in the Japan area, you'll see a lot of girls are big into queer porn, male queer porn. Anyway, oh. so he's become, yeah, he's become hugely popular with the female sect in especially those two areas. Interesting. Um, almost more so than with the actual uh, queer population. Uh, straight females in those two areas have really have really grown to love him and go crazy for him. Right. Um, so then we, I want to get into where this all led me and poor Holly has to deal with me at the last minute changing where I'm going with shit is that I actually, it's all good. She, it's all good. She deals with this all the time. Oh yeah. We get this all worked out. Holly's going to talk about this part. I'm going to talk about this part. And then it literally, I don't live in a box, last- baby. I, I like guidelines that I can break. So go for it. <laughs> so, and literally the last minute on, on the, some of the last ones we've done, I go, okay, I was going that way, but then this just, I went this entirely different direction. So yeah, fill it out. What's poor up? Poor Holly. <laughs> so <laughs> she has to deal with me on a regular basis, folks. Um, a couple episodes ago, wasn't it a couple episodes ago, we talked about queer baiting. Yes, queer baiting. It was probably about two episodes ago. Yeah, it's, they all start streaming. Hell, we've only done this for six months and it's already started to all I'm go. I'm pretty sure it's our, it was our June 18th episode. Okay. Yeah. So, and here we are. And so I'm like going, and really, I almost wish we would have talked a little bit about uh, queer baiting with the K-pop then. Because right, right. They, okay, so basically what has <laughs> been found out is that um, because of how much... Uh, straight women in the Asian market and then the queer population in the Asian market like K-pop because in the end money matters in the business community fuck the queer community money matters so they started realizing that the fans were starting to put together people in the group saying oh these two look like they like each other Mm -hmm. and so the company started going huh and look at that they're becoming more popular as this is going on social media saying how much they love each other so what they started doing was starting off with dressing people a lot more androgynous letting them mix things up you see a lot of the a lot of the male people in k-pop now wearing things like fishnet stockings crop tops lipstick earrings yes lipstick oh makeup is that's a whole other area makeup in general has is a huge thing for the for the male k-pop male then you get on the female side you see them dressing much more and not all i should also say not everybody but you see groups going with this where you see the females much more dressing androgynously dressing in shirts suits ties to give that vibe to give it. So literally you're getting people then who are looking for more, more. They're going, Oh my God, look, those two dress, they dress like 
they, they dress like males. I bet they're gay. And this is all K-pop. If you look at everything about it, it's very manufactured. And now all they've done, and especially the last five years, are really starting to manufacture more of the queerness aspects. Because they realize that's an untapped market. Let's go for it. Yeah, we're, we're going to grab these people in by doing these things. And so where this is all leading to is that I at least appreciate then that really the K-pop stars have come out overwhelmingly saying that they agree that queer people have rights, that they should be allowed to be queer. And we're talking in an area of the world where that's just where you can bring shame to your family. Yeah. yeah. There's, they don't, they just don't talk about it. They don't talk about they, they I mean, if the majority of people in Asia would just prefer that this never came up, they don't want to talk about it. That's, that's because they don't have, they're, they're really, they're not, they're not queer. So I say all this stuff, make i'm kind of making fun of k-pop a little bit i'm sorry people but i'm not the demographic you're going for i get it i understand it is nothing that really i would probably listen to again but at best you you support their 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 efforts to support women's rights and lbgtq rights and yeah if even if it is a little it's manufactured it's in this particular area k-pop is in a country in an area of the world where there's significant more oppression. Oh, and so don't get me wrong. You're right. I appreciate. Oh, I know. Every, right. uh, <laughs> God, you're so adorable. <laughs> so, but when they're putting these views out, whether it's start, whether it's because the business wants them to or not, right. I don't care. I don't. Care I'm either. glad that they're making. They're it affects the change over time. Yeah. yeah. So with all that saying, I say this all, like I said, a little tongue-in-cheek overall, but I so appreciate what the businesses are doing. They're trying to sell their records, and they know this is a way to get more people. And so in their own way, they're supporting they're supporting and queer we culture. we saw that a lot here in the United States. It started somewhere, and we look back now, we're like, eh, Will and Grace, really? Eh? Friends, yeah, and that's just really, it. Yeah. You know, we look at different, we look at, we look back at our past here in the United States and pr- particular productions and we're like, with new lenses, we're like, ah, eh, you were skirting the corner, you're queer baiting, you were doing this, you were doing that. But it's still one thing led to another, led to another that leads to hopefully a society that is free of oppression. And then I also, I know so many, so many college students that I work with who love especially the group that you're going to be talking about, love their music. Mm-hmm. It's again, I will, I want to again say, it's just, it's me. I'm right. And I bet I'm going to use her name again. I bet Desiree loves this stuff. She is so in the moment of, she is so young thinking that I'm betting she loves this stuff. So I'll get into that in a second once you're done. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so that's just really what I'm saying is that I, I'm going to hand this over to you in a second, Holly, okay. where it is, I, I will say it's, wonderfully confectioned pop music yeah. that hits a chord with today's youth. Well said. 
Well said. Love it. Um, so just, just kind of pick it up where, where Gary is leaving off on that, uh, particularly of the K-pop group is BTS. They are the number one top charts in, in the K-pop world. And when we were doing, after I realized that, you know, K-pop is not a group, but a genre, I started doing uh, some research into it, right? Because I really wanted to know more. And so I was listening to music and checking out YouTube and all that. Well, I don't, I don't do this in a bubble. I don't live my life in a bubble. And I, I do a lot of this, you know, as I'm, as I go throughout my day and throughout my work and my beautiful wife, I was listening to the uh, interview with James Gordon and Jimmy Fallon with the group BTS, which are fun. You should check out these interviews, uh, especially the James Gordon one where they do the karaoke car ride. And you really get a sense of the personality of these individuals in this group. And it was just fantastic. I got a big, I got a big smile on my face because we literally, we literally dorked out. We were watching one thing after another, after another, after another, and reading various different articles. And yes, I think Des had, it struck a, a bit of a chord with her. Like she's like, yeah, I get the, I like this. I kind of like this. Like there's a good, some, there's some good notes to this, good tone story, uh, the lyrics bring about meaning, all that. So uh, for me, I definitely, I started the dive and I started getting into like the fandom of BTS in particular. So uh, BTS is, is you know, like I said, is, is, a, is a K-pop group uh, out of Korea. Um, and they basically, one of the things that they support is... Um, they support weight raising awareness over the controversy of comfort women. This is back when Japan had occupied South Korea and they had basically forced South Korean women into sexual slavery and bringing out, bringing awareness and bringing up, you know, bringing out apologies and terms and, co and compensation uh, against, against these individuals who had been wronged during this time. Right. Uh, they also are about raising awareness and their views on the LGBTQ plus community. They post on their social media. You can check it out in their lyrics and a lot of their songs. Uh, they are very much uh, tend to be uh, bringing, just bringing support to the community and their, their main leader RM. Um, he, he talks about having been, he talks about uh, the. He basically he's the translator for the group. Um, he has this whole thing where he talks about how he learned English by watching the TV show Friends, and he now just just to put this out there, nobody has officially said that they're of the family. Um, and I think RM has kind of hinted at that a little bit in some of their conversation that the same love is is, is the same love. Love is love. And it shouldn't matter. They also, um, they're so they use their like utilize their lyrics, utilize their platform, utilize their social media in support of women's rights and LGBTQ rights. Um, there has been a lot of conversation, unfortunately, way too much conversation about whether or not any particular one of these individuals happens to be gay, like John Cook or Jimin or RM. 
oh, they're gay because they dress this way or they look this way or they said this lyric or they said this thing in an interview. And then people were like, wow, that was translated wrong because that's not what they said in Korean. The reality is it doesn't matter. Let them do their thing. It doesn't matter if they're gay or straight. Just let them be who they are. And if it resonates with you as a queer person, freaking fantastic. I don't think we need to rip them apart and try to figure out, okay, well, you're wearing makeup and a choker uh, and feminine clothing, so you must be gay or you must be trans or you must be bi or you must be whatever. It shouldn't matter. These, these individuals, whoever or whatever they are, are creating something beautiful and uh, expressing who they are, whether it's really identifying as a particular gender or not, it doesn't matter. Um, I, I think that, I think that's just, I think that's just huge. Uh, there, if you look into it and do a deep dive, you do find there's a lot of conversation about whether or not PTS members are gay. Um, I rather just focus on just how cool they are. So uh, BTS, uh, just to kind of give you a breakdown of who they are. They are a South Korean boy band that began in 2010. They had a big hit in 2013 and since then have just been skyrocketing, hitting the top charts all over the world, not just in, in Korea, but Japan and United States, Mexico. Uh, they have a Billboard Hot 100 with their Grammy-nominated single called Dynamite. They have uh, another one that was dubbed Prince of Pop. They are just Billboard chart music across, like just, Freaking young ass group have been hitting the performance market hardcore and been topping charts all over the world. What a particular song that I felt was super cool uh, was it's called Filter, and the one of the main singers. Uh, well, they're all main singers, but Jimin is the main singer of this particular bit. And it basically features a feminine mannequin dressed in feminine clothing. And Jimin is singing about uh, being seeing the world through a filtered lens, like see dressing a certain way and acting a certain way in order to express who the, who they, who other people think they are. And while doing so they're, they're, they're kind of this flirtation with, putting on feminine clothes, but not putting on feminine clothes, but putting on feminine clothes, but not putting on feminine clothes. And it's beautifully done and choreographed where they put on feminine clothes and they are dancing alone and they're expressing who they are. And then these background dancers come on dressed more masculine and they start switching out their clothes to more masculine appeal. And it's just, it's a really beautiful story that plays with the gender label a lot. I think it plays with the gender label a lot. I would have to ask this group specifically if that's what they intended, but I, I love it. You can check this out on YouTube. It's BTS Jimin J I M I N and it's filter. It's a wonderful, wonderful video to check out. Um, I just, I, I kind of became a fan of them. There's a lot of people who have looked up to them who have struggled with their own uh, sexual identity as well as their gender identity and have found um, a connection there. Uh, in particular, j- them dot us. As a, there's an article there about how Park Gems BTS has uh, basically put out a personal essay 
uh, by a, an individual out of, I'm going to probably say this wrong, Danka Bangladesh. And she has struggled with her identity and has written a personal story about how through the pandemic, diving into P- uh, BTS has really helped them explore who they are as a person, both sexually and gender. And it's a wonderful, wonderful story. I would highly recommend you get, take a time and read it. Um, living their truth, living their life. And it's beautiful. I just, I think it's beautiful. And I would say just out of all of the boys in that band, and I'm assuming they they identify as boys, Jimin is my favorite. And I- Is he I your love favorite? Him. He's my favorite. <laughs> um, he's also, he's also uh, James Gordon's favorite. His, his little, his little, what did he call him? Uh, not his little bonbon, his little mochi. His little mochi. He's little mochi and James Gordon is big mochi. And that is a freaking fun karaoke ride on James Gordon. Check it out on YouTube. So good. I love little mochi. Great personality. Gorgeous, gorgeous voice. Just, oh, melts your heart. So good. Um, and we have seen since they become more and more popular, Jimin has dressed more and more feminine, wearing more earring, feminine earrings, feminine jewelry overall. Feminine blazers, coloring hair pink, wearing lip plumper and cork contour on the face, and very much more feminine in that way. Whether or not they identify as feminine, I don't care unless they say otherwise. I think they're beautiful. Love it. Um, just pro gender equality, pro uh, feminist, and anti freaking Trump. Hell yeah. High five. And that's like you respect. They all are very much. They they do all talk about that. So all of them. That's all of them. Absolutely. For the most part, like you said, in kind of your history overview, the K-pop in general is anti the bullshit that Trump and others have put out against. I, I would imagine. Oh, I'm sorry. Let you talk. No, please. Oh, my assumption is is because I, I'm hoping this is a huge part of it because. Trump was so big on North Korea that I'm hoping that yeah that North you know Korea, it's like China, fuck you <laughs> and sucking the cock of Vladimir Putin anyway that's that's what I got check him out I've become more and more a fan I continue to in, and to to listen and become a fan of this and then after that listen to you know Billy Holiday <laughs> <laughs> balance it out balance it out with some classics. And Billy Holiday was very much open bisexual, so just (laughs) (laughs) ain't nothing wrong with that. Um, All right, so that's what I have. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we roll into our core corner? I think we're good. Thank you. Fantastic. All right, we'll check you guys back here in a moment when we jump into our queer corner. Hey, welcome to our segment of Queer Corner. Order, 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 order. I was waiting to see what you're going to do. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. We're ridiculous. Ridiculous. All right. Hey, I'm going to start us off with Holly's Hot Takes. Everything you ever wanted to know about the LBGTQ news, but we're afraid to ask. Quick highlights, kind of running through it real quick. Hey, guess what? The U.S. Justice Department uh, has called that state laws that were 
that are restricting trans rights is unconstitutional. Fucking figure. You figured it out. Gosh, dang it. Um, Basically they have made, they have made it most forceful statements against the Republican backed state laws that are restricting transgender rights. So we're starting to see a lot of pushback. This is going to that Bastock uh, law that we were talking about in the episode of Biden and pride where uh, the Bastock ruling in the lower in the Supreme court has basically said, yes, you have discriminated against these individuals based on the basis of sex. You have violated their rights and basically have overturned the lower court rulings. And Biden's administration has said, hey, we're going to take that and we're going to make this a more sweeping federal based uh, laws because we need to stop ruling from the bench and we need to start making some actual reform. So this is a, a, a ball moving in the right direction, which is fantastic. Um, the Supreme Court backs the Catholic groups that have shunned gay uh, gay fostered parents. So this is this is more of a, a kind of a local thing. We're, there's this has been things that have been going on for a while. The Supreme Court has basically embraced the religious rights over the LBGT rights on uh, a ruling in favor of the Catholic Church affiliated agencies that were sued, in particular Philadelphia, uh, refused to place children for foster care with individuals who were same sexual uh, in same sexual relationships. This is, this is something that has been going on and off and multiple States handle this differently. We need to see some federal laws on this, but in private sectors, they, they have a lot more things they can do that don't involve a state or federal ruling. But basically um, the Supreme court has says that they have a right. And I don't agree with this. This is where, on a voter specific basis, we need to fight uh, legislation and, and start supporting uh, these individuals. Cause the reality is, is that we have so many children in homes that do not have anyone who could take care of them. And there's lots of capable and beautiful families that are out there that are blended on the basis of the color of the skin, blended on the basis of the color, uh, color, so color, Bases on their religion, bases on their gender, and bases of their relationships, and we need to, we just need to start passing legislation to support this so that we can take care of the child, our children here. <sighs> Got to take a deep breath on that because it just it's such an emotional one for me. It pisses yeah. me off. Anyway, yeah, you want to say something before I jump into the next no, one? I was okay. just agreeing with you. Education Department in the United States says that Title IX protects LBGTQ students. This is huge because there is a conversation whether or not that was that they were actually protected based on the uh, sexual discrimination. Uh, so basically, in response to an executed an executive order by President Biden, uh, federal agencies are to evaluate sexual discrimination. And whether or not uh, people were were basically discriminated against, right? So there's protections. And this is why we have these laws, so that we can actually take this to court and have our voice heard. So a little bit more on that. The Department of Education has interpreted a title, title IX, a federal law that protects students from sexual-based discrimination in federally funded schools to protect LGBTQ students from discrimination. So the difference between that is it was on the basis of sex, but now they're actually looking at it and saying 
including LGBTQ students, like including that group. Like we, this is a conversation we talked about in the Biden pride episode where we really need to have very specific language because there's been a lot of discussion about, well, that's not sexually based because that's not a real thing. That's a mental disorder and all this other bullshit. Well, again, on that Bostock ruling, we're seeing that we really do need to call a specific language out because these conversations keep coming up on the individual lower courts, which is a waste of time. We just need to have this conversation and get it on the books, make it done. So they're saying, yep, Title IX interpretation says that these individuals are protected, which is great. Moving on. All right. So the next thing here, DOG states that transgender restrictions are, again, this is a, a that are unconstitutional, specifically calling it out against uh, athletes. So again, another ruling on that conversation, but but again, specifying that uh, athletes that are being targeted. So again, in our our episode, we're talking about 114 legislations on state and local levels are are being put forward uh, in legislation against transgender individuals. And we're seeing the DOJ, Department of Justice, saying, nope, we're shutting this down. It's unconstitutional. It's not okay, which is fantastic. In some news over in Budapest, Hungary, we're seeing that Parliament has passed legislation on Tuesday that bans the dissemination of content in school that deemed to promote homosexuality and gender change. Uh, and, and this is a strong criticism from the human rights group in, oppos- in, in opposition parties. This is this is hard. We're seeing a lot of protests all over the world where. So in this particular case, there are thousands of people that are protesting in Hungary against this, this, this ban. Um, and, and basically it's just saying that this is wrong. This is there. You cannot compare LGBT individuals to pedophiles, to mental illness, to all these things like criminalizing us because we're different and so there's a lot of up, up, uproar happening over there. And there's things that are continuing to develop in, in that particular country on that issue. As more information comes out, I will continue to, to uh, share that with you all. Um, that, you know, that's what I have for right now without going back into K-pop deliciousness. I just, I just, I wish it was a lollipop. You just, you could just suck on while you're while you're on legislation you're like is this working for legislation let me take a lick of my lollipop nope we need to change that It'd be fantastic we can, we can maybe get a you know an edible lollipop you know right just cool the yeah. fuck out you yeah. take your homophobia <laughs> and pack it out man because it just uh <sighs> drives me bonkers bonkers good job holly good job thanks, man. thanks. hey so uh, did you have anything you want to add before we close out our show? Well, except for my review. Did you want to do that still? I thought I would do a review. I mean, it's up to you. Uh, I mean, I know it's really the all Holly right. show. I but... just want to say that the Holly show is concluded. And if you want to end the episode right now, you can just hit end and we'll just know. No, I'm just kidding. Gary, tell us what's up. So trying to stick at least in the same general area as K-pop. I... Uh, found a movie that I had watched years ago and rewatched it uh, called mm-hmm. uh, The Wedding Banquet. It's set in it's it's actually set in Manhattan, 
but it's a Chinese cast. Okay. So, okay. and um, directed by, to me, one of the best directors ever, Ang Lee. And those of you who don't know, Ang Lee directed <sighs> Brokeback Mountain. So, you know, I, you know <laughs> so this is, that so he's, good. and I have to say, he's one of our straight allies. So he, he, you would assume from how wonderful he is, and how fabulous he is, and how creative he was. He was queer, but no, he's not. He is a straight ally. So nice. got to give him props. So the wedding banquet is about a guy named, and I ha- I'm truly reading as I say this stuff because I'm afraid I'm going to mispronounce these names anyway. I'm so sorry to anybody who is from China and and is hearing me pronounce these names. I'm sorry. Please don't cringe too much. Wei Tong has lived in Manhattan for quite a while and manages for his parents an apartment building that they purchased. By the way, his parents are very traditional Chinese and they come from Taiwan. And although he loves and respects his parents, they are also his biggest problem. Like we all don't know that one, you know. So like, uh, parents sometimes um, can be challenging. Um, they are doing whatever they can to find why Wei Tung a traditional Chinese bride, even enrolling him in a matchmaking service. Um, it's a whole funny bit with that. So, all in effort to produce the next generation of their family. The problem is he is already in a loving, committed relationship. Their first issue is he's white. <laughs> the next issue is he's a guy. He's a guy. Yeah, so, and really, I get you're getting from this right now. Wei Tang has never told his parents anything about his his gay life, and so now, as Wei Tang's parents actually are having a negative impact, not only on Wei Tang but on his and Simon's relationship. Simon thinks he has a plan that will deal with two problems in one. He will enter into a marriage of convenience with Wei Wei, a Shanghai-raised struggling artist who lives in Wei Tung's managed apartment building. In addition to stopping Wei Tung's parents from interfering in his love life, the marriage would also allow Wei Wei to get her green card because she would soon have to leave the U.S. return to China otherwise. Mm -hmm. So as we're looking at all this, of course we know in a romantic comedy, nothing is going to go wrong. Nothing. It's going to, that's at the end end of story. We might as well move on. I have a real life example to that, but go on. Yeah. So um, with all this going on, they also realize that they won't have to do that traditional Chinese wedding banquet because his father has just recently had a stroke. So there's no way he's traveling anywhere. Guess what? What? After he says that they're going to get married, his father and mother decide they're going to come over no matter what, because they're finally, their son is getting married. Oh my God. And they, (laughs) they have to be there and they have to do all the traditional stuff. So they come over. Stuff ensues. Let's just say. Let's put it in. So all the stuff has to, Weiwei has to move in to his apartment. 
Simon, the boyfriend, has to move into the other apartment. And while the, you know, the parents come and no, of course they're going to stay at the apartment with Weiwei so they get to know her better. You know, so that's where they're going to stay. Damn. So they can't get him to stay in the hotel that's been arranged for him. Nothing. Okay. So they're there. And they have to go through, they have to start planning the wedding. They have to get this huge freaking wedding banquet going. And I, and they get all this stuff going. And of course, then Weiwei, who is a female, who is a straight female, starts realizing, oh my God, it, can I do this? Because I really want to have this for myself, you know, not, not make this a marriage of convenience. All this stuff goes on. I'm assuming you can guess that it is a romantic comedy, that everything does work out for everybody in the end. There is one heartbreaking scene, and I mean this in the best way, a, a very loving, heartbreaking scene from the father who none of them realizes he speaks English and the three of them who have been conniving this entire time talk in front of him. And he has this scene that is wonderfully heartbreaking that just mm. makes you, you start crying as you're watching it. So if you can't guess, I love this movie. When I saw it, when I originally saw it in right after it came out, I saw it in a movie theater. I again watched it last night. Everything about this movie is wonderful. I don't think there's anything about this movie that's bad. The food scenes are amazing how they show the food being prepared. I love movies with good food scenes. I'm not talking that's sexual it. movies. I'm talking no, about no, really I, good food But I hear you. There's, there's, a, uh, there's some really good TikToks of people doing traditional Chinese cooking. They yeah. like their grandma to do like episode, like TikToks on like yeah. how to make certain things. It's just, I got, I got lost in it. And this was, I was supposed to be on BTS, <laughs> K-pop, but it's, this popped up. It's just good food. It's just good oh, yeah. food. And yeah. then watching an amazing direct like Ang Lee make this movie. And you could see he did it with love. And you got to remember back in 1999 when this movie was made. Where people couldn't get married. No. China still isn't good about, about that stuff. And now China has taken over Taiwan again. So at the time, Taiwan was, was, uh, t- it was uh, under British, the British Empire, and it's not anymore. Oh, so that's right. That in Hong Kong. Yeah. So it's, um, I'm getting confused here. No, I'm lying. I'm lying. Anyway, so they, uh, so all this movie, he does a main job of showing the different, very centrally showing the different foods, showing the pain of the two lovers, you know, trying to act like they're just friends to showing a uh, way, way who is wanting to get a green card, but also having issues with wanting to have that wants to have this dream at some point in her life. Cause she is a traditional, she doesn't realize how traditional of a female she is until this all starts going on. Also, she starts to fall in love with the parents. There's so many things, as I say, hurt so good watching this movie that they call it a romantic comedy, but there's quite a bit of drama in there. The music is wonderful. Again, Ang Lee can do no wrong in directing. If you don't believe me, watch this. Watch Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Watch Brokeback Mountain. 
And I um, will say just uh, just a clarification because I do not believe that Taiwan is officially under the no. And I the said that wrong, people, so. yeah, the Republic of China. I was like tell you to, to... Yeah, so because it's a really convoluted. So it was officially the Republic of China. Um, it's its, its own little. It's thing, its own. Kind yeah, of. it's definitely its own little yeah. thing. There's definitely history yeah. uh, with with China, but yeah. Anyway. So anyway, watch this movie. It's amazing. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Remind me of the name of the movie again. It is called The Wedding Banquet, directed by Ang Lee. Ang oh, also, cost to ratio, the best performing movie of 1999. It beat out all those big budget movies. Really? It actually made more money than... Nice. Than, yeah, so I, I love Wedding that. Wedding Banquet. All right. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. And you would, I know you and Desiree would love it. I, I'm sure we will. I'm sure yeah. you will. I really appreciate you sharing yeah. something good and something I actually might watch. It's not yeah. terrible. So thank you it's, for that. It's an amazing movie. Well, thank you so much. And thank you guys for listening to this week's episode. I so very much appreciate you guys listening and sharing your ideas and your thoughts on our social media accounts and just loving on us as much as we want to love on you. So thanks again for joining us. And until next time, be well. And be beautifully queer. Thank you for connecting with us on this week's Conundrum. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Quernundrum Podcast. And email us at Quernundrum at Quernundrum.com. And please rate and review us on iTunes. Until then, peace and be well. And be queer. <laughs>